Before I start the episode of Dad Is Not Announced, I want to thank my sponsor, the Real Dads Network. The Real Dads Network is a resource and network organization that provides information and opportunities to improve the lives of Black fathers. Through activities and events, the RDN promotes and portray positive Black fathers worldwide. For more information on the Real Dads Network, go to www dot realdadsnetwork.org as well as the link will be in the description below so for you yeah yo there whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that or I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still I know, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Ishmael from Dad Is Not A Noun. I hope everyone's doing well. Happy Tuesday. Um, today, I have a great guest with me today because I want to touch on the topic mental health and sports because often they go together. And then when you have athletes on, they rarely you hear People ask them, like, how are you doing? How are you doing mentally? What is going on with your life? It's usually like what you're doing on the court. And so I'm truly privileged to have this brother on, uh, Antonio, uh, Antoine Mason, uh, awesome brother. Everybody know him from his dad, the great uh, Anthony Mason um, from Auburn University. He had an amazing game against Kentucky. And just recently, he became the 2021 Hoop in the Sun champ and MVP. Congratulations on that uh, uh, champ, man, on that tip. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know your dad was watching you from heaven, man. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel his presence um, throughout my journey in basketball, throughout just life, just sitting. Sometimes I just think about him, think of what he'll say to me at that moment. So he's definitely with me. And what did uh, I know your mom was there. What, how was yeah. that feeling having your mom there? Uh, it was great because she wasn't able to – be at my games all throughout the pandemic. So that was a, a challenge. She's usually at as many games as possible since I started playing basketball. She'll come to the games. And then uh, when I started my professional career, she always made it out. But last year, she wasn't able to because of the pandemic. So it was like a year of her not being able to see her baby play. <laughs> and that's awesome. And then also, Talk about the challenge of the pandemic, because, you know, we're still kind of getting out of the pandemic. How was that for you mentally challenging? Because I know physically you kept yourself in shape, but for that entire year, you know, you couldn't really kind of 
play ball. So how were you able to keep yourself mentally together through that through that time? It was very tough. Um, the start of the pandemic, I was in Canada and then they canceled our season. So came back home, uh, was just working out, working out with my best friend, Antoine. Um, same name as me. We were just grinding at my house. Um, and then they locked up all the hoops outside. They took the the hoops out. So we're like, yo, what's going on? But I had like a hoop um, at my house that I was shooting on. But then I found this school that they didn't take the hoops off. And it was like a hinted gym. So we were just working out every single day outside. Eventually, we found the gym inside. But it was like a lot of rules and a lot of regulations that we had to go through. Um, and then I had the blessing of being able to play in Spain. But it was very, very, very difficult. Um, not, you know, being around family, especially during a pandemic, I'm thinking about my family. And then the this year, uh, 2020 was the second hardest year after 2015 when my dad passed. The person I said, Antoine, he passed away when I was in season. Right. That threw me off that that messed with my mental, really, because he was 23 going on 24. And we talked every day. Like I said, we worked out every day. So if you saw me for the last three years, three summers, you saw him. If you saw him, you saw me. We were just really working out. That was my best friend, my little bro. So um, losing him, having to hear that he passed away, just and I couldn't fly back out because of the pandemic that really messed with me. Um, then that really made me think about my family. And if I'm making the right decision of playing at this moment, or should I, you know, try to find a way to get back home and make sure my family is okay. I mean, I was six hours ahead, so I was still able to communicate with my family, you know, throughout the day um, and, you know, FaceTime here and there, but it was it, that, Losing your best friend, uh, that, that takes a, a toll on you. Like basketball, I was focused. I was trying to focus, but it, it was it was difficult. It was very difficult. Right, because I think sometimes, too, is that when you, as as uh, basketball can be a, a distraction, mm -hmm. but sometimes it may not be the right distraction because mm -hmm. when you get off the court, you still have to to deal with those emotions that you feel, you know, losing your best friend. Um, losing your another best friend, which was your father. Your father was your best friend. Um, but how were you able? To, what were some of your coping mechanism coping mechanism that kind of helped you through it? Um, yoga. I was doing yoga myself. Um, that's something that mentally helped me for the last two two three years. Just doing yoga. Um, I, I tried it before when I was younger as a family. It was me, my dad, my mom, and two of my cousins. And we tried it. Brickham yoga was hot. Um, we all just kind of went as a family, wasn't taking it as serious. We tried it, right. but uh, it was just fun to see who was going to last the longest. Me and my cousin did. And then um, after that, we never really went back. And I was like, you know what? That actually was good. And I was just doing studies on it. And, I, I got into yoga and really start taking it serious and just saw the transformation of physically being able to be more flexible, healing quicker, 
um, not really being in pain after games. And then just mentally, it, it brought me to another level of state of mind of even with pressure or like the high intensities of the game or just in life, I could just control my breathing, control my mental state. So that, that really helped me. And then when I was in Spain, um, like I said, it was difficult because it was a pandemic. So we couldn't really go outside. It was a curfew at eight o'clock. I felt like I was a little kid. (laughs) We just had like, we'll have two practices back um, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And then we go home. So like basketball was that year was taken it last year was it was a toll because it, it was no like freedom of just doing anything. Uh, it was practice, go to the home, practice, go home, practice, go home. And, you know, when I was doing yoga in my room and stuff, just trying to mentally get myself right. And then I would play video games, um, Madden. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, that that would uh, clear my mind. I was just playing different games just to, you know, trying to distract myself in that way. And then talking about games real fast, I know we uh, I'm directing the question a little bit, but talking about the gamer, um, why the name Sonic? And I saw on your IG um, logo Sonic the Hedgehog. Is Sonic um, your favorite character? Yeah. Okay. Since a, a kid, um, you know, being at my like spending time with my grandma or whatever. It was a bunch of family members, a bunch of my first cousins. And they used to call me like the the problem child or the <laughs> guy that got in. Like, I felt like I was Alvin and the Chipmunks because anytime like my older cousin would cry or or something would happen, all you hear is, Antoine. And I was like, I didn't do anything. So, <laughs> like everybody just, you know, I, I was always getting into something. Just innocent things, but um, when they knew I was quiet and nothing was happening, they knew I was playing Sonic. That was my game, Sonic 2. Sonic 1, Sonic 2, I would just be playing it on Sega Genesis and just lock in. And then when I was done playing that game, I would try to be as fast as him, run like him. So that's been my favorite character since I could ever remember. So, yeah. Hey, do you um, take some of Sonic's characteristics on the game court? On the court? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Personality, <laughs> definitely. And then also, you didn't like Sonic 3? <laughs> no, nah, I, I liked it with Knuckles. It, it was cool. Uh, I, I, play all, I play all the games. Um, I still have some that, like, I have some on my phone. I have the old Constellations, Sega Genesis, and then... Um, on my PS3, I still have a PS3. I don't use it often, but it, it had like um, a Sega collection mm-hmm. that just had all the games. So uh, I used to love playing that. Yeah, that was my, actually my favorite Sonic was uh, Sonic CD for the Sega CD mm-hmm. because the the beginning of it, like it felt like a movie, like the intro of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was like the best intro ever. I know it was. I was so hooked on to it. And then also, I think you probably know because you you're a big Sonic person. You 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 heard about the story of uh, Michael Jackson producing the music for Sonic Three. Nah, I didn't know that. You never knew what? Did no, you know, know back in the days, Michael Jackson? You remember Moonwalker for Sega Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The, the story was that uh, Sonic uh, Mike, uh, Michael Jackson was a fan of Sonic, the Sonic game. Yeah. And so the guy that was the lead designer of Sonic 3 handed him the um, 
the rough draft of Sonic 3. And Michael Jackson started working on the music. Oh, wow, that's dope. And what happened was Michael Jackson didn't like the sound. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't like the sounds. He wanted his name off the uh, off the credit of the of the game. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. Oh, oh man. Oh, I didn't know that one. I gave you a, 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 a little <laughs> nugget right there. <laughs> but going back to um uh to mental health and sports, one of I think one of the powerful quotes that I read um, in the New York Times that your mom quoted in the New York Times, she always constantly told you, uh, what was it? Uh, Don't let basketball use you, use basketball. Talk about Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yeah, that's one of her famous quotes that she used to always, you know, uh, tell me. And it it was just more so, don't, don't let people like take advantage or like get everything out of you. Like obviously you love the game, it's your passion, but make smart decisions like on and off the court, uh, what's gonna be best for you or beneficial to you. Don't, don't you know, uh, I'll, I'll drive all the way over here and play this game. Like, you know, for instance, like a summer league game or whatever, oh yeah, I'll drive all the way over here, whatever. And it's not beneficial to you as, you know, like the competition isn't good or whatever, but you know, make sure that your whatever you do is it, beneficial to you. So she she said that even with um, as far as you know going to school, um, you know, make sure you get a degree. Make sure you, you take advantage of that time. And you know, I have my master's as well, so it was you know I, I took advantage of having a free scholarship playing basketball, what I love to do, but having something for the future after basketball stops. And I think that's important too, because I think what happens is in our society, when it comes to athletes, we like to put them in the box, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just a professional player. Yeah. And, and so through this conversation, I want people to know that you're more than basketball. You know, you got your masters. Mm-hmm. Um, like what are the other things that, you know, let's say, you're, you're you're comfortable like all right i'm not gonna make it to i'm not gonna i'm not gonna worry about if i make it to the league or not like what are some of the things you kind of have planned out for yourself if the nba doesn't work out so uh, my undergrad was in finance my master's is in adult education but i only got my master's in adult education because once i transferred from niagara to auburn um it was rules that wouldn't allow me to continue on my my master's in uh, financial degree, so my MBA, but I'm planning on going back for that. But um, I've, I've always been good with numbers, uh, always like stocks, even like since high school, I was always into stocks. It's actually a funny story um, okay. that I hold my parents to. Um, I told them they they held me from being uh, my, myself a millionaire because uh, my senior year, I was taking an ex- economics class and it was, you had to, you know, a fake $100,000 and you had to invest in stocks or whatever, at least three stocks and see how it does throughout this uh, year. And I went to New Rochelle High School and, you know, we, um, it's a blessing, fortunate. We get things quicker or like they test out things uh, for the testing, like teaching system. Um, um, before like it's expanded throughout the United States. 
So we had like one of the first smart boards mm. and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, this is going to be really good. So I'm like, all right, this is going to actually go all over the United States. I need to invest in that. Right. And I, I'm, I guess this is why financial, you know, my degree and everything. I don't like to spend money. I like making money. So I love saving and all that. So I, I had like a savings, like I, I never spent money. I always saved. So I had over like five to like $10,000 just saved. And I was going to put $5,000 into smart board, But at that time I was too young to invest. So I'm telling my parents, please, can y'all open up an account for me? And I just use my own money, not your money. I just want to use my own money, blah, blah, blah. And they was like, okay, okay. But they kept stalling. I'm like, please, can y'all just do it? <laughs> and at that time, it opened up at like 10 cent, 25 cent, whatever. I would have did that. I think that right now it's at like either $40 or whatever. I, like I would be a millionaire. So right. I always blame them for like, <laughs> I, I keep saying that to my mom and she's like, why don't you blame my dad? I said, I would if he, like, <laughs> he hears me like I, I still, you know, I, I hold them against it, but I always been, you know, into like looking at all right, what's going to benefit the world or what's going to be the next trend or just doing my research on, you know, things like that. Or like, what do I, what do I use every day? simple things like that so i'm i'm into like stocks i know that became popular over the whole pandemic a lot of people start using stocks right so i kind of want to go back to i not kind of i want to go back to school to really understand the whole stocks and how it works i, I don't want to like i understand it a little bit but i really want to know like where it's not like oh one day i'm oh i'm up and then next right. day, why is it going down so i kind of want to just really stick to that after basketball and like the financial world of, you know, just making money and helping people make money. And I think that's awesome that you're doing that too, because um, it's important to, you know, just let people, you know, our age or younger, yeah, mm -hmm. you can have a nice jump shot, you can have a handle, but you know, it's cool to learn about stocks too. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's, learn, it's cool to learn how to invest your mo money wisely, not, when you make million dollars, but you know, when you get allowance, you know, mm -hmm. when your parents give you allowance, yeah, mm -hmm. learn that at an early age. And so what you're doing, I think would be uh to 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 to, to teach kids on that would be enormous, man, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Cause I think kids need that information. And my dad used to always say it's not how much you make, it's how much you could like save or how much you hold. So the same with my mom, she always said that too, like, you know. Um, you can make a lot, but are you going to save it? So I, I'm, I don't know. I just never like to spend my own money. I always, or anybody, my, I don't like loaning, owning. Mm -mm. I, I, I like having my own. And if I want to spend it, then I spend it. If I uh, don't, then I just let it pile up until I, I want to do something with it. So that's that's always been me, my dad and my mom. My mom used to, I need to learn from you how to save money <laughs> Yeah, you're really good. And my dad would look like, yeah, you never spend on like I, I know. I just I think about it like, do I really like I, I would go to a store and be like, do I really want this? Like, all right, in, in a couple of weeks, am I gonna be like, yeah, I, I'm satisfied? And then if I'm like, eh, nah, nah I'll, 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 that's that's me. 
Because <laughs> I, I I watched a video the other day where there was a dad. Um, I think he's a musician. I think his name is T. Rell, and he went to Walmart and he's like, "I'm gonna buy my son these eight dollars Spider Man sneakers. He loves Spider Man. He don't know nothing about Michael Jordan. I'm not buying him no two hundred dollar Jordan. Yeah. But when I show him these Spider Man, he's gonna love it because he knows Spider Man. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's I think that's an important um, lesson in life too is that you know, it's about what people love, but at the same time, knowing that sometimes you don't need to spend three, $400 for something. All you could, you could right. do something as simple as getting something that they love. And it's probably like two bucks. Yeah. I have friends that have kids and some of them go all out with like fashion designer clothes and everything like that. And then the next week the baby's growing so then that was just a waste of money it's or they'll like buy something expensive and the kid would just like the little shiny keys or whatever or like a box like so i mean i i learned from the people that had the experience of telling me like you know just giving me their life stories of their mistakes and things that they did well and i i just apply it to me uh as beneficial to me like yeah i you know i spend on certain things that i want you know it's a time and place but um i heard from marshawn lynch what a couple of weeks ago and I, I i like it because he's always been good at saving his money and he was like if you're about to buy something think can you buy it twice like can you buy it like twice and if you can't then just don't so uh I'm applying that as well. So things that I'm like, like, ah, oh, do I want that? Can I buy it again if I want? So it's you know, people probably watching this like, wow, he's cheap, but no, you smart it, with your money. It's, about, yeah, it's about you know, stretching that money to as long as you can. You know, everybody could you know have a moment in time where they have a bunch of money and they're balling out. And um, like my dad told me, you know, it, it's times where he made a lot and then he realized he spent so much and it was like that went by fast so um i i just learned how to try to stretch it as long as i can live a satisfying life you know you don't have to always flex on people that's like i've been i guess i'm blessed i'm i know i'm blessed that i had a dad in the nba and i had you know every everything from you know mink coats to uh, um, driving and Bentleys and Benz and all that since I was little that it, it doesn't impress me as much as, you know, people that's growing up that didn't have it and now they see it or they they touch it and like, oh, I got to get it, I got to get it. So it's definitely a blessing that I had a dad that, you know, and a mom that she handles her own and my dad, you know, obviously being an NBA player had that type of lifestyle um, for me where it, it's not impression. You know, you see cars and stuff like, oh, that's nice. But it's not like, oh, like, I got to do this. I got to do that. It's, it's not that impressive to me. And, 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 and your, your father was an amazing man. Mm -hmm. And it was a quote in the New York Times I'm going to read to you, kind of kind of signify the type of father he was. Um, you don't put pressure on your kids to to what you did, mm -hmm. I want them to achieve their dreams. Mm -hmm. 
Um, talk about that, that quote. My parents did not introduce. Um, I always wanted to play basketball since I was, you know, a kid going into the garden, um, just listening. Like, you know, I was too young to understand what was going on. But when I heard my dad's name, I just smiled and my dad, uh, my mom be holding me like, yep, that's your dad. So um, I got older and I always wanted to play basketball. I always had a basketball in my hands. But they introduced me to every sport before basketball. So I would try different sports and I would go back to basketball. Like I'll come back home and try to shoot on the hoop. This, that, blah, blah, blah. The only sport they didn't allow me to play is football because when I wanted to, it was like the year of the concussions. Everybody had a concussion. So they was like, nah, that's not for you. And um, yeah, uh, when I really, you know, wanted to play ball, I always played ball. My my dad was like, you don't have to do it for me. It's, it's, you know, and he was like, but if you do it and do it to your best abilities, don't, don't just BS or whatever. So I always, you know, understood that. And then I, I didn't want to embarrass, you know, my dad. He made such a big name that when I was on the court, I didn't want people to be like, oh, yeah, you're not like, like you know, you always, when I grow up, oh, you're not like your dad or whatever. Yeah, I'm not 6'8", I'm not 6'7", <laughs> but I'm special at what I do in my own abilities uh, at what I do. So, you know, when people used to try to say that when I was younger, oh, you're, you're not your dad or you'll, you'll never be like your dad. I was like, okay, like I'm going to be Antoine Mason. I always wanted to be Antoine Mason. I never wanted to be Anthony Mason's son. I wanted to be Antoine Mason. Oh, and his dad's Anthony Mason. So that that's always been me. And, you know, I, I was blessed to have a, a special dad. And he um, worked me out during the summers, like after college, really uh, worked me out on things I did well, things I didn't do well. So I just kept seeing the progression as I got older and as I kept developing my game. And I still apply the things that um, he has taught me to my game and just keep expanding. And I think that installment came to you in that Kentucky game when he was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. So before choosing Auburn, I was thinking of schools and it was a lot of schools that was going to end up playing Kentucky that season. So he was like, oh, okay, you got to play Kentucky. They always have people that's going into the NBA. You ready for that? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I just let the nation score. And he was like, uh, it was actually funny because they had Willie Colleystein. He was coming back that year. So he was like, they got a seven-footer that could guard one through five. You sure? If you put, I said, nobody on this planet could guard me. Like, that's always been my confidence. I was like, so I was ready for that. So, you know, I knew coming into that game, um, like throughout the whole season, I, you know, my teammates kept talking about it. Like, all right, we're playing Kentucky, we're playing Kentucky. But we had a whole season and it finally came there. But unfortunately, my dad was in a hospital. So, you know, I was, I was, um, when he first went to the hospital, it was, um, I flew back after my old Miss game. And, and my, my intention was, I'm staying there until he gets out the hospital. And I was like, I'm staying with you, Dad, until you get out. And he looked and, like, was just shaking no. And, like, he started, like, bucking the, the thing. And his heart rate was going out. I was like, Dad, you want me to finish the season? And he was like, like, shook his head yes. So my whole, in, whole thought process going into that Kentucky game was if I'm leaving my dad's bedside, it, it has to be worth it. It has to be worth it. So it was, you know, we lost, but I made a name for myself. Uh, going against all those 
star athletes and being the best player out there on the court. Um, my whole mindset was just so locked in that it, uh, like, what was it? A couple of years ago, I was able to watch the first game because I didn't really remember that game right. because of everything that was going on. I just knew the first shot I took, it was a floater and Carl Anthony, I was practicing it throughout the whole week. Like, all right, they have 12 players, shoot floaters, whatever, get over. My first floater, he blocks. And I'm thinking it's going out of bounds. So like I shoot a floater, he blocks it, I fall. Somehow they save it. And I was like, oh no, that's embarrassing. That's never gonna happen again. So that's the only thing I remember. And after that, I locked in and then I was hitting three, scoring on anybody that was guarding me, especially Willie Collistein. I don't know why, but anytime <laughs> I saw him, it was like, you can't miss. And then, like, you know, they had all the talent, play, uh, talented players like Devin Booker and uh, the Harrison Twins and Tyler Ulis and all of them. But when I was guarding, I mean, when they was guarding me, it was just it felt like target practice. Like it was just practice. I was like, all right, it's y'all don't know what I'm dealing with. Like I have a lot that I'm dealing with and who's ever in my way. They just going to feel it. And then we played them my last game of college um, in the tournament. And I did the same thing to them. I, I outperformed them. And, you know, it was just mentally just like, all right. Uh, at that time, the second game, my dad passed away already. Yeah. But it was, all right, he talked about Kentucky. They they just got to have to fill in. It's not going to be a fluke because that's one thing that my dad always told me was, you can have a good game, but can you, can you do it again? Can you do this? So that's all. It's things that he, you know, Put pressure on like just competition he knows i'm very competitive so he'll be like all right you did that so so what it was actually funny after that kentucky game the first one um i was at school and then my coach bruce pearl was telling me he was like you know you're leading the um sec in three-point percentage and you know the only reason i stayed um, that extra year in college was to prove that I could shoot threes because right. I led the nation in scoring. I was like, I could have, I should have, and could have left um, my junior year. I'm like, I'm gonna prove to everybody that I can shoot threes. So he was like, you know, you're leading the SEC in three point percentage. And my dad used to always get mad when I shoot threes, you know, or too many threes. He'd be like, like you're messing up your your shooting percentage. So now that my shooting percentage is the highest in the SEC, so I went back um, to the hospital. And at that time, he had, uh, you know, the ventilator, he couldn't talk. So uh, I'm like, Dad, for somebody that you said can't shoot threes or shoot too many threes, I'm leading the SEC in three-point percentage. And he just looks at me, and he couldn't talk. But he went like, like a so. And we just started laughing. <laughs> see him laughing. My mom's laughing. We're all laughing. So... Um, you know, having that mental toughness from somebody like my dad and my mom, um, like, you know, my dad was going through what he was going through in the hospital, but still had the right sense of mind and didn't let that get him down, um, throughout that process. And, you know, my mom, she, she's my rock. Um, she's strong, you know, she doesn't get a lot of credit because everybody knows my dad being, but, you know, she's a tough, tough person. And, She's, you know, entrepreneur and does her own thing. And, you know, uh, I just have two heroes that I look up to. Um, so 
I definitely appreciate them both. And they just installed so much into me that in my mind, I can't fail. Like, it, failing is not an option. Like, I have to get it done. And you have, man. And, bro, this has been an awesome conversation. I wish we can talk more, but I know you got things going on. Um, uh, what words of advice do you have for, like, kids that's coming up that wants to want to make it to the league or, you know, they find that love for basketball? What advice do you have for those Um, it's a sacrifice you're gonna have to sacrifice sacrifice time from your family sacrifice time from your social life especially in this era social media and and being on the court and just working on your game and finding like you know the right trainers to help you as well and you know there's gonna be some points emotions where you want to cry and you're gonna cry and you're gonna be upset and you know you gotta have days where you're really happy and everything just seems like it's perfect and you just got to find that even kill that that balance of you know you can't get too high on your highs and too lows on your lows and just keep working keep grinding and you know as long as you're giving it your all and you know you find ways to just keep getting better you can't can't be mad at yourself you just have to trust the process trust god put god first that's most importantly put god first and um you know just let him guide your path and that's important. And before we end this amazing conversation, um, it's up to you. Feel comfortable to talk about it. But um, what was the last conversation that you can remember you had with your dad before he passed away? Talking like when he was still talking. Yeah. Um, it was actually uh, last. Con- well, it's a segment of conversations that stick to me. Um, the last time he was in Auburn, he, you know, came to visit, saw me practice. And usually after we uh, I practice, me and him usually do extra stuff. But this time he was just sitting there and had the manager's rebound and telling me what to do. So after we were, uh, I worked out, me and him was just sitting in the arena, just sitting there. And he said, 2015 is going to be the hardest time of your life. If you could get through this, you could get through anything. And he wasn't thinking of, you know, him passing, but it was just those words always going to stick to me as, you know, what happened. Like he ended up passing and everything because my aunt just passed. uh, My great aunt just passed like a a month ago before him. And, you know, I was coming off an ankle injury. So I'm thinking all that. I'm like, I'm going to bounce through this. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's my senior year, everything like that. And then, you know, him getting sick and then passing away that that threw me off but every time i have bad days i'm like if i could get through what i dealt with in 2015 i could get through anything that sticks in my head and then um basketball wise my um i played lsu and he was supposed to um, come to that but he was feeling in the weather at that time so that was actually the game, you know, everybody talk about the Kentucky game, he's scoring 29 and then playing them 23 or whatever. But the LSU game was like probably my most complete game. I did like everything. I think I had 24, 20 something, like eight rebounds, six steals, like a, a whole bunch of stuff, um, like four assists or something. And my dad, we always talk. Like if he was at the game at halftime, we talked about things I was doing right, things I was doing wrong. 
And then we just work on that. And after the game, he would, we would also discuss that. So at halftime, he always would send texts to me, like what to do or whatever. And then my mom would send like encouraging texts. So, you know, I read his message. And then after the game, he always gives me the negatives first and then finishes it off with the positive. So he calls me or I call him um, and he was like, dang, I can't say nothing bad. I can't say nothing bad. <laughs> like this, you played a complete game. I can't say anything wrong. So that was like the last conversation I had with him about basketball. He could not say anything wrong. So he thought about, you did miss a free throw or something, right? <laughs> but yeah, and he was like, you you did everything. You did it. You had a complete game. Like you played from the beginning to the end. It was no dead spots. And, you know, for that to be our last basketball conversation, that's special to me. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I have so many memories of him that just stays in my head and I just keep replaying them and, you know, uh, that, but those are the last two real conversations that we had and uh, that was special. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you for sharing that. That that definitely means a lot. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for just opening, you know, your vulnerability, because I know as black men, it's hard for us to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We exist in this machismo kind of existence. Yeah. So I, I thank you for your time, brother. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Social media? Social media is Antoine underscore Mason 14 um, on IG and, and uh, Twitter. Facebook is Antoine Mason. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Do I have anything else? But yeah, those are my social medias. And coming soon, his stock show. <laughs> <laughs> but brother, I appreciate you and we're out. Peace. Thank you.